This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a fantastic week and welcome to the weekend. Uh, it's Saturday of course but there is no club football. We are in the midst and in the middle of the international break and we are hoping of course that we can bring you through it with some ease uh with some nostalgic talk of arsenal i say nostalgic because it feels like a, a decade ago since we last played a game uh and of course we'll be tackling plenty of your questions and reading through plenty of your thoughts as well in the comment section uh our chat box our live chat box of course that we continue to use every single show i'm very happy to report that once again we managed to hit our target we got over a thousand likes on every single weekday last week an amazing push an amazing contribution by everybody that continues to listen to this show but today and tomorrow are the tough ones today and tomorrow are the ones that i am the most scared of most worried about they are the biggest challenge that we face in trying to reach this rather ridiculous i still think it's mad to even consider that we could do this but today is the first litmus test the real challenge today is our man city today is our anfield today is our old trafford well i mean old trafford that was friday um, but certainly this is the toughest game of our season in the TGT chat box today. And so we're going to need your help to try and go over to a thousand likes on a Saturday in the international break Sunday. My goodness me, it's like going to the Bernabeu on Sunday. But so turn up for that. But if you can drop a like on the video on a Saturday during the international break, it is appreciated perhaps more than any other over this weekend. So thank you for the continued support on the channel. Good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Thank you so much for doing so. Black Shine, Peter, Stevie, Matt G. Uh, good morning to Ryan, to uh, Peter, to Jimbo, to Arasilki. We've got Marcus, Runs with Cows, Ray, Morgie, Clincy, uh, Maximius, Peter, PJ, uh, Paul. We've got Martin, Johnny, Cam Clothing. Uh, he's looking for some free promotion. Uh, Damien, old Dave, Jose. Uh, we've got Josh and Vivian, Stephen. I was like reading out a fair few more names on a weekend. Uh, Gunner Dude, who is not able to watch live, but just dropping in to drop my like in and has been a member for seven months today. That's the type of attitude that we love. Dropping in, can't watch the show, but wanted to drop in, drop a like, help the cause. Thank you 
going to do. That is very, very kind of you indeed. Um, but yes, lovely stuff. Right. Um, and thank you to those listening on Catch Up, of course, as well, that can't tune in live. And thank you for hopping over to YouTube and helping support this rather crazy challenge that we've set ourselves. Without further ado, though, let's crack on with today's stories, shall we? Uh, first of all, a few stories to discuss there. Transfer is where we start. Uh, Arsenal, according to Dario, or an outlet in Spain, uh, have been linked with a move for Valencia's Yarak Gasiorowski. Uh, Gasharovsky, uh, I'll probably pronounce that completely incorrectly. Um, but Yarek Gasharovsky uh, is an 18-year-old centre-half who has recently kind of made his name in the Spanish under-19s side. He played most recently in their uh, UEFA Euro Championship qualifier game against Moldova at centre-half, in which he scored a hat-trick in a 5-0 win. Yes, centre-half, and he scored three goals. He's got five goals so far for the under-19s, going back as far as uh, the 24th of September against Albania in 2022. Uh, he's played plenty of games, of course, for uh, the different age groups. He played 15 times for the under-17s. He played 16 times, as I say, for the under-19s. And uh, he's now getting opportunities to play for Valencia. He's only coming off the bench at the moment. He's made three substitute appearances for Valencia this season, coming up at the end of games. But he did come on for the last 35 minutes of their match against Real Madrid. In La Liga, he's been promoted to the senior side this season. Um, and certainly there is seemingly interest from Arsenal who have said to have followed the player for a number of years. I don't know. You know, I, I like my La Liga. I like my uh, my Spanish football. But I can't say that I've been too familiar with Gasharovsky. Um, and uh, he's a player that I'm very intrigued to see now with these links, if anything comes of them. And if Arsenal or any other clubs, or if he, the player as well, can continue seemingly what is some impressive development continuing to happen in his career so one to watch uh, if this uh, link of course gets any uh, more legs we'll of course to try and do some deep dives on the player and find out a little bit more about him as well uh, now uh, we've got some big news because the edu haters are not going to like this just going to just going to warn you if you are an edu hater you may want to cover your ears you may want to run and hide as a cupboard under skit under the stairs and go run into i suppose if you don't want to see this um, but Edu, Edu Gaspar, Arsenal Sporting Director, has won Best European uh, Director in the Young Boy Awards. Of course, the Young Boy Awards celebrated some of the best youth talent in the world, but it also celebrates the work done in helping to develop those players, to sign those players, to find those players as well. I mean, Tony Bloom has been uh, given an award for his work at, at Brighton as well, understandably so. Edu has won uh, this award for his work at Arsenal and what, uh, what he has done and what he has achieved at Arsenal and how Arsenal have turned themselves from one of the teams, probably uh, one of the biggest sleeping giants in the world, finishing and languishing in you know, Europa League places and then falling out of it entirely uh, under Unai Emery and, and before we, of course, got rid of him with Edu there and, and a big part of making that decision to move on Unai Emery and bring in Mikel Arteta and the pair of them have worked extremely hard after a rocky start you know mistakes were made at the beginning I think we can all agree that mistakes were made at the start and not the best signings were were achieved we think of Willian, Cedric, Pablo Marie etc but the longer these two have worked together the longer these two have worked as a as a partnership uh, they have gone on to do very, very good things to sign some of the best young players in the world, to develop some of the best players in the world, to do some of the best deals in the world for young players. 
And Arsenal certainly have been able to keep a lot of their young players. Well, that's also like whilst Edu didn't sign Saliba, didn't sign Saka, didn't sign Smith Rowe. Uh, you know, he's been able to be a key part as, as well as the big recruitment drive and the uh, the uh, head of football operations team headed up by Richard Garlick to renew the contracts of those players. Martinelli as well. Gabriel, Ramsdale, the list goes on and on, um, the work that has been done. And Edu is absolutely deserving of this award for what has happened at Arsenal. And we've got to a stage now, really, where if you cannot see what Edu has done, what Edu is doing and what Edu will continue to do at the club. I, I don't know what to tell you anymore. It's not perfect still. And I still think we can improve, which is, to be honest, if anything, scary because it's scary how good we've been. And if there's still more that can be improved, I think that that is a really, really strong and positive place to be in as well as a club. So congratulations to Edu on his award. Um, I certainly think that we need to um, improve the the sales side of things as well. That's an element of his... Uh, of his tenure that needs to be improved and we need to improve in the sales aspect. But in fairness to him, you know, we've got a very good fee in the end for, for Balogun. We moved on players like Emi Martinez for a good amount of money, 20 million pounds close to after just 12 games we got for Emi Martinez. So, and hopefully we can continue to improve that sales record. Granite Xhaka, 21 million pounds for him, you know, so I think we've done very, very well and recently shown some really positive signs of what we can do. And I guess January will be the next test and what you can do in that January window, we'll have to, as I say, wait and see. Now, of course, the headline story can only really be one thing yesterday. Uh, Everton were deducted 10 points for breaking, allegedly breaking Premier League profit and sustainability rules. Uh, they led with a statement that was very, very telling and certainly hinted towards perhaps what other clubs have done. Uh, the statement reads, Everton Football Club is both shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League's commission. The club believes that the commission has imposed a wholly disproportionate and unjust sporting sanction. The club has already communicated its intention to appeal the decision to the Premier League. The appeal process will now commence and the club's case will be heard by an appeal board appointed pursuant to the Premier League's rules in due course. Everton maintains that it has been open and transparent in the information it has provided to the Premier League and that it has always respected the integrity of the process. The club does not recognise the finding that it failed to act with the utmost good faith and it does not understand this to have been an allegation made by the Premier League during the course of proceedings. Both the harshness and severity of the sanction imposed by the Commission are neither a fair nor a reasonable reflection of the evidence submitted. The club will also monitor with great interest the decisions made in any other cases concerning the Premier League's profit and sustainability rules. Everton cannot comment on this matter any further until the appeal process has concluded. Now, this 10-point deduction has happened immediately. And so that Everton have dropped to the bottom of the table and sit um, below, of course, the three promoted sides, Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton. Now, Everton have been on some good form recently. And I actually think that a 10-point deduction is not necessarily a sentence to the championship. And I do think that there is certainly a um, a feeling that they can still certainly survive despite this 10-point uh, drop based upon their recent form. But the impact of that points deduction could, of course, have a serious impact on them. Now, there's a number of different avenues to discuss with this. The first and probably most obvious one from an Arsenal perspective is, well, uh, if Everton have got points deducted, do Arsenal have anything to worry about? Well, to our, you know, to our knowledge, to what we've seen, to what we've heard, to how Arsenal have been spoken about from a financial standpoint, yes, there's financial restrictions that stopped us from signing more players in the summer, which is why we signed David Raya on loan. 
but it seems that Arsenal are acting to work within the realms that they are able to act. I can't tell you categorically with full knowledge and confidence that Arsenal, of course, would never be uh, you know, vulnerable to these types of uh, of sanctions because I don't know the inner workings of the club uh, you know, completely transparently. I just don't. So I can't promise you anything. Um, but certainly what we've seen and heard in the way in which Arsenal have acted has seemed to suggest that we don't necessarily have a reason for concern. But I always want to keep people aware that you never know 100% what's going on. So I suppose we have to be alert to that. The second point, obviously, is the two clubs which are currently under investigation for sanctions and alleged breaches from financial matters, and that is Manchester City and Chelsea. Uh, Now, Arsenal fans will be waiting with uh, bated breath, I suppose, regarding the outcome of both of those investigations. The bad news I've got for you is that we may not find out the outcome of those investigations for some time. As I've mentioned before, the number, the volume of charges, the 115 alleged breaches that Manchester City are under investigation for, is expected to take a very long time. Um, The other point, of course, Chelsea, previous allegations made under the previous ownership of Roman Abramovich. I really don't understand Chelsea fans trying to suggest that they shouldn't be necessarily punished because they've got new ownership now, etc. That's just not the way that it works. Uh, They've benefited from that. They've gained from that. And they are in a position where the club was able to be bought for what it was to be in a position where it is right now because of potential alleged advantages that they got financially through the actions of their previous owner. Um, And then, of course, the other point is for clubs like Leeds and Leicester uh, and Burnley, I think, as well, who I've suggested that they could have reason for legal action against Everton if they indeed are found guilty in the end after this appeal process. Because if Everton have gained an advantage uh, and have broken any rules to do so, that could have had a serious impact on whether or not Leicester leads should have been relegated. Uh, Depending on how far back these allegations go, it could affect other teams as well who were relegated in previous seasons when in battling with Everton as well to try and stay up. And I think that's why Burnley are involved. So it's a very big story. It's very, very uh, groundbreaking because we've never seen a punishment dealt out in this way to a Premier League side before. Certainly not in my lifetime. I don't think in the history of the Premier League we've seen this um, I mean, certainly to my memory, I mean, some people that are older than me that can remember the start of the Premier League may have other examples, but um, to this extent, to 10 points being deducted, I don't think we've seen anything of this kind of level before. So it's a huge story. It's certainly one that is going to be in the talking points of the next few weeks, months, maybe in, and even into years, depending upon how long it takes to investigate and come to an inc- conclusion about those other clubs. Because even if they were, say, in this situation like Everton have now been found, um, guilty and uh, are facing this punishment, even if Man City were or Chelsea were, hypothetically, they could appeal that process and the appeal of 115 alleged breaches, you know, if it's taken this long to investigate how long the appeal process takes is another thing. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very interesting one to to see what, uh, what does happen. So, yeah, I guess we'll follow this and any Arsenal impact of this story, we will, of course, cover and talk about in great detail and depth to the best of our ability. Right, let's go to part two, shall we, and tackle some of your thoughts and questions. Uh, Of course, legally, I'm going to be restricted on the things that I'm able to give you any kind of answer on regarding this story, but I can give you my opinion on certain things. And of course, anything else regarding transfers, the return of the international scene and more, we'll tackle all of that after the break. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I have to thank all the people that continue to just drop in this morning. I've received a number of messages already saying, hey, Tom, sorry, I couldn't watch the uh, show today, but I'm dropping in just to drop a like on the video and I help in support of this challenge that we have set ourselves to try and achieve. Thank you to the more than 200 of you that have already done so just 10 minutes into the show. The last few days, we've actually managed to hit 1,000 likes before midday rather crazily. But, of course, these uh, these weekends on an international break are our biggest obstacle. So if you could... If you haven't done so already, please do indeed drop that like on the video and help us on our way to 1K uh, for what would be a sixth day in a historic run in TGT. Um, So thank you for that. Right. um, Let's go into the chat box, shall we? And take some of the the questions. Uh, Maximilian says, hi, Tom. Uh, how do you feel about things would have panned out for us if the Cronkies had given in to Alicia Usmanov and he got ownership of our club? There was so much vitriol when the Cronkies got full ownership. I completely empathise with the frustration when the Cronkies took over full ownership of Arsenal. I was frustrated. I was naive, actually, I think at the time. I was quite naive to the situation. One, because I'm younger. Two, because I didn't have shares in the club, so I couldn't empathise in that kind of way. And I know that there are a lot of fans that did have that and lost that um, through no control of their own. You know, they, they had no way of, of stopping that process. Once uh, KSE bought out a certain percentage, they were enacted a process whereby they automatically bought out the shares of, of other fans at the time for their that price. Uh, however, I think we can agree that had Alicia Usmanov been the man to take over, I think things would have gone very, very differently. Now, it's important to point out, I don't think Alicia Usmanov was the owner of Everton, but certainly one of the backers of uh, Fahad Mashiri, who was involved with Usmanov at, at Arsenal. Um, but Alicia Usmanov's uh, influence on, on Everton, I'm unsure of the finer details, but it was not It was certainly Fahad Mashiri that was the, uh, the key man involved in that previous ownership. Everton, of course, have since been bought out themselves. 777 partners have bought them out and now face this situation of uh, a 10-point drop. Um, but I think from an Arsenal perspective, we can be very thankful that things went the way that they did rather than the other direction. I remember doing shows on the Guna Talk with previous guests who are no longer on the channel about you know, the likes of Usmanov being the better option and that they'd spoken to him in places like Monaco when Arsenal had played them there and he was there and he was being really nice with fans. And I sat there thinking, well, he's not going to be not nice to fans, is he? He wants fan support. The biggest thing that Usmanov always had in an Arsenal debate with the ownership is that he wasn't Stan Kroenke. That was the biggest thing going for him. 
always is that he wasn't Stan Kroenke. So anything he could do to make him this this person that would do everything that we'd ever dreamed of, that would turn us into a Chelsea spending like they have. Well, I'm quite glad. Yes, people could argue, well, we don't have two Champions Leagues. We don't have all these Premier Leagues that Chelsea have. And I'm like, yeah, I see that. And I am sad that we don't have that. And yes, I would have loved to have got that. But there is also part of me that thinks if doing what they did to get what they did and allegedly do what they've done to, to get there and that leads to serious punishments later down the line, is it worth it? Or if those titles get stripped from them? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, Roscoe says, the club has operated on a loss for a few years now. Harry has intimated that money will be restricted in January, given how the Raya deal played out. Should we be more realistic with our striker target? Well, I, think, I first of all think that the realistic thing to do with about a striker is to forget about a striker. I don't think a striker in January is going to be on the agenda. I could be wrong, but I don't think it is. I think it's far more likely that Arsenal move for a central midfielder or a wide player in the January transfer window, unless, of course, an opportunity comes up that they feel is too good to pass up. Uh, and we know that they've done that on a number of occasions. Um, I think that Harry is right. And I certainly hear of, of him. Uh, it, it's a good word that intimated um, and suggested that it will be restricted. I think money will have a certain restriction in January. We may be able to do some work depending upon what outgoings happen. Um, but I think we will have um, restrictions on what we ultimately end up doing. Uh, shall we scroll up in the chat a bit more, see what questions I missed earlier on in the chat? I think we should. So let's try and be fair to those people that left questions in early and then were patient. I, it's always annoying when people spam the chat, isn't it? So I try and try and, and jump up into chat to see what people do. Um, MM says, said, let's be honest, do we really think City and Chelsea would be relegated when the TV rights deal is up for renewal? I think they're up for renewal now, are they not? So be interesting to see because uh, the renewals uh, are up for are up right now. I think uh, match of the day has been spoken about and things like that. So I think Jamie Carragher said something in commentary the other day when watching one of the games. Um, so yeah, that's that's one to consider. Um, Vivian says, why can't they look at Manchester City's breaches a few at a time? I actually don't know the answer to that question. I, I guess they have to review all of the breaches before making kind of a, a final judgment Otherwise, you just continue to get punishment after punishment rather than having kind of a, a unilateral one across all of them, I guess. But I honestly don't know. Um, Geek, uh, Geke says, uh, sorry, I pronounced that. I love you reading your articles in FL. Thanks, mate. Do you ever get pressured into making clickbait articles? Uh, I can remember one a few weeks ago about Mbappe that seemed a bit misleading. What are your thoughts on that? I think obviously there is, I've always been asked questions like this about headlines of articles and things like that. I think the best way to describe it is that I try as best I can to make a headline something like a book cover. Uh, if you think about it in this way, a book cover is like you want to hint at the story, but you don't want to give it away. People obviously, like myself, put a lot of work into our articles that we write. And the idea is that a headline hints at the story, gives you a little bit about what's going on, but doesn't tell you the full story. So it makes you want to read on because we want you to read the work that we've done. It's also a results business, you know, and you have to be very honest about that. Um, and we want you to read things and, and we are judged about numbers. You know, that is the way that it goes. You are judged on on numbers. So I think headlines are always going to be um, something that cause debate. Um, but when it's a business that runs on on page views and things like that, it's important. I, I obviously here, I have the same thing with you guys here. My thumbnails, I want to hint at the story. Sometimes I give away too much and it's fairly obvious what we're going to be talking about. But it, it is part of media um it is part of media that that is if you you know give everything away in the headline why are you going to read the article 
And I want you to read the article because I want you to read the work that I put into writing the article. So I get why it, I get why it frustrates people sometimes. I try not as best I can to. to I, I, in fact, I, I said it as kind of a principle to not lie in a headline ever. Um, and everything that is there in the headline, you will find in the piece. Um, and it is designed to be a hint uh, towards things. As I say, the best analogy I've got is that headlines are like book covers. They give you a glimpse at the story and uh, and um of course try to to get you to to read the story because i want you to read it because i put time into writing the story so yeah there you go i think the mbappe thing you know it's up to me to come up with ideas for articles that, that i want to write about i have to write a lot during the day we write about four articles a day on average um and so you know if i've got to come up with an idea that's quite cool i might do a piece about how likely is it arsenal could sign mbappe um and i'll go into detail about the finances and about what wages and what I think about whether or not Arsenal could afford Kylian Mbappe. Now, some people might just say simply, well, Arsenal have got no chance of signing Kylian Mbappe. So why are you writing about it? And the reason why I'm writing about that is because you're not the representation of everybody. There will be people out there that are curious. Well, why can't Arsenal sign Mbappe? There'll be a frustrated person out there that thinks, well, if Arsenal want to be a Champions League winner, surely we should be trying to sign Kylian Mbappe. And so in that piece, it's about trying to explain why it isn't going to be possible. So that's that's the point. Um, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not going to try and tempt people in with a headline or with a thumbnail on a YouTube video. It is part of this business. It is part of uh, the process of of media. It is it is what it is. Until you know, until it's we're in, you're a kind of a a pay to what's the word? Um, kind of a pay scheme type of thing where you pay for the content and the content isn't driven based upon how many people are watching it reading it etc that that is the way that it's going to be so but i hope that's an honest answer into what you're asking i hope i didn't dance around the subject as much i hope that's an answer that maybe you weren't expecting and i've been as honest as i feasibly can be uh not even as feasible i've just been honest about that situation so there you go um let's go byron says we know that you don't clickbait tom and i for one appreciate it. well i appreciate that mate thank you very much lewis says a nice article would be how arteta is drawing off of our slogan victoria concordia crescent uh victory through harmony uh uniting the fans and building team harmony I i've done things before it's ironic i did an article about why i thought edu was the best sporting director in the league a little while ago um i did it a couple of months ago i think edu best director in the league, uh, Tom Canton. Let's see if I can find that piece that I did. I thought, I'm pretty sure I did a whole piece about Edu and why I thought he was the best director in the league. Um, but it's not coming up at the moment. Um, oh, yes, here it is. Um, so I wrote a piece on, um, uh, when is it? When's the date? Uh, the 11th of August. So that was two months, just over two months ago. The headline was Edu's uh, Arsenal's Edu seals top sporting director rank among Premier League rivals amid latest transfer. It's a very classic kind of headline there, isn't it? And I did an entire piece about why I thought Edu is the best at what he does in the league. And lo and behold, two months later, um, he's won that award. So I was clearly onto something <laughs> at the time. Um, Lao, uh, Lao, uh, sorry if I mispronounced that. Williams, it's a lot easier that one. Um, says, good morning, Tom. I just wanted to thank you for mixing up your great content with my beloved Arsenal and the mental health issues out there. And thank you. And please keep up the great work. Well, that's very kind of you, mate. I really appreciate that. Thank you for the, the kind comments. And yeah, we, we're not afraid to discuss tough topics here. We're not afraid to talk about mental health. 
certainly something I've been very honest about myself and my own personal struggles with mental health over the years. Um, I know our previous um, previous host, previous owner of TGT, Craig, has talked very openly as well um, on social media about his own mental health issues that he suffered with. I think it's important to to talk about things like that. Uh, it's important to talk about um, struggles that you have. So I think that is that's really really important. Uh, Johnny says apparently Cronkies can put up 100 million of their own money in for future transfers in January. Is this true? I always find the whole of their own money a really strange like concept because I, I, I want people to get their head around this. The Cronkies own KSE. Uh, sorry, yeah, well, of course they own KSE. It's their company. KSE, who is the Cronkies company, own Arsenal Football Club. 100%. It's all theirs. And that means that the stadium is theirs. It means that the money the club makes is theirs. It means ticket sales is theirs because they own it. It's like if you own a shop and the shop that your money makes, you, that's your money. You own the stock. You own the infrastructure. You own the the till. Um, you employ the people. You know. So whenever Arsenal spends from the point of 2018 when the Cronkies took over the club fully, whenever Arsenal spent any money, they were spending the Cronkies' money. They have bought the club outright. They have invested to buy the club. And so that means whenever Arsenal spend any money, that is the Cronkies' own money that's being spent. Yes, some of that as a proportion will be, of course, made up by revenue. And so you can say it's the club's money because they've generated that themselves. And you would be right, but you wouldn't be wrong to suggest that that revenue is the Cronkies' revenue. If you own a shop, um, you know, in that situation, you know, you have to say you own the revenue that you make. That is your money. Uh, yes, Will, you can rent tills. Yes, there is certain <laughs> you can you can try and use semantics, but yes, you can you can indeed. But some shops <laughs> will not rent those, and certainly there'll be things within the Cronkies side of things that, that we rent as well. Um, but suggestions that the Cronkies might put a hundred million of their own money into the club to spend on stuff, it's like it's everything that Arsenal spend is is their money. So whenever we invest, so 105 million pounds, the Cronkies spent 105 million pounds on Declan Rice. Now they would have a lot of that money would have been generated through Arsenal's own revenues, uh, if not all of it potentially. But they own the club, so that's that is the way that it goes. If the short question is, do I expect the Cronkies to invest another 100 million in Arsenal in January? I'd be very surprised. I'd be very, very surprised indeed. I think there are greater restrictions on Arsenal spending than maybe is obvious right now. But I'm not a financial expert. I'm going off on what I've read, on what I'm loosely aware of, and what based upon we've done as well in our actions. So that's kind of where I'm at with that one. Uh, Ronald says, with us losing three or four centre mids in the summer, who would you sign? Well, it depends if we actually lose three of those four centre mids. I don't think, personally, Jorginho will go. I think that Elneny will go. And I don't know about Partey. Partey may leave, Partey may not. We don't know the answer. We don't know whether or not he is going to go. And we'll have to wait and see if he does. But um, I don't necessarily think it's a guarantee that three of the four um, um, midfielders will go. I think Jorginho has got a really good chance of staying, and I'm fine with that. I think we need to replace Partey. I think we need to replace El Elneny. I think one of them needs to be replaced in January. I'd look to bring a, a centre midfielder in in January. You all know who that is. Um, for those that don't, it's Yusuf Fafana, <clears throat> Yusuf Fafana at Monaco. So that is was what I would, you know, like to see. Um, Matt says, "Are you happy with your partner back now?" She's on her way home. Uh, she'll be here very, very shortly. So yeah, very happy indeed. It's been a long two and a half weeks. It's been lonely. 
I have kept myself busy, though, um, and I've been seeing plenty of people that I've not had the chance to see as often, and it's been great. Um, it's been some real highlights of the last two and a half weeks. Of course, I was at the the Burnley game, um, and so I was at the Sevilla game, and I saw Dilly and Kale from Chicago Gooners, which was fantastic. I've seen Mike, um, which is a semi-pleasure. Uh, he's going to laugh at the word semi being used, I'm sure, uh, and his wife, Steph, of course. Uh, I've seen plenty of people in, in Newcastle or Potsy. I've seen Harry. Uh, you know, I've seen uh, plenty of people. Kev Campbell, of course, I saw in Newcastle as well. He was doing some media duties there. It's been great. I've seen a lot of close friends. Um, and uh, sometimes this freedom is nice. But yeah, I'm very happy to to, to have her back, yeah, for sure. Um, Keith says, Tom, great on the likes. But I've got to say, I've been sub to you since uh, the get-go. Uh, but notice today that YouTubers unsubbed me. How many more have they done this to? Better mention it to others. Uh, also, the FA charge on Mikel Arteta, angry emoji. Yes, I agree with you with the angry emoji. And that's really weird, Keith. Um, maybe it's worth checking. I did a little thing on uh, our analytics the other day, and it says more than 60% of the people that listen to the channel are subbed. So it means that just over 30% of you guys that are listening aren't subbed. Maybe you're in the same category as Keith. Maybe YouTube has somehow unsubbed you from the channel. Maybe you're just clicking on the video because they pop up on your recommended feed. Well, Make sure that you are subscribed. Um, you know, we always, we've got a dream of 100K on the channel. That dream has been there for a long, long time. I think it's still quite a way off, um, but we're certainly growing in that direction and who knows what the, the channel is capable of. So, yeah, we managed to get the Arsenal way to 100K, so there's no reason why we would be able to get us and our family here as well. Um, Vivian says, what did you think of England last night? I haven't, I didn't watch it. I'll be very honest with you, Viv. I'm on annual leave at the moment. I was seeing friends last night and, I didn't see it. I've saw Declan Rice's goal that was ruled out. I've heard that it was pretty disappointing, but Gareth Southgate did make a lot of changes. I just don't like those types of games. It was pretty much a dead rubber. Yes, it confirmed England's top spot in the group for qualification, but I can't get up for these international games that aren't, you know, that aren't the big ones, that aren't the, the tournaments. Um, maybe a Nations League final would be my minimum um but uh yeah it's difficult to, to really invest myself in these and i don't like watching them because I'm, i just feel like i'm just hoping that arsenal players aren't involved and hoping that they don't get injured when they are so yeah darren says did you clean that did i clean that what do you think of course i cleaned the blooming house <laughs> not like six loads of washing i've done like all the ironing i've done you know i'm doing it all i've done everything we have like our own jobs that we do in the house. We like split things up because whenever I do, usually the washing and things like that, it's never good enough. So we split things up. I do all the cooking. I really like enjoy cooking. So I do a lot of that. Um, the bins are definitely my job. Um, <laughs> you know, we split up our jobs in the house. It's not the archaic um, misogynistic jobs. Don't worry. Um, you know, because uh, she's just better than me at, at things and she doesn't let me do certain things. Um, so we split up the jobs in the house, but I've, yes, I've been doing all of them. Um, and, uh, it's been, I've never lived on my own. No, I went straight into uni and lived with people, left uni, went back home and then moved out to live with the missus. And, um, yeah, so, uh, we've been, I, I've been across all the jobs in the house, but, uh, uh, she'll be back and uh, we'll be splitting up our responsibilities once again. Uh, so there you go. Yes. TJ, I'll stay in the kitchen, Tom. Indeed. <laughs> it's very much so. I am. The one in the kitchen, um, always. I love. I really enjoy cooking. It's one of my. It's one of my escapes. So yeah, certainly. Um, let's go to. I didn't miss much, says Vivian, regarding the England game. Yeah, I, I heard. I heard. I didn't miss much whatsoever. 
Uh, Matt G says, you're lucky you didn't watch it, Tom. It was dire. <laughs> Absolutely. Addicted92 says, hey, Tom, I'm here live. Woo! <laughs> hope you have a great Saturday. Thanks, Addicted. I hope that you do as well. Uh, Thomas uh, says, morning, Tom. Uh, he's got a fantastic name, does this guy. Uh, you are able to sell two players but have to replace. Uh, who are you picking for me? Cedric Aparte and I'll bring in Fafana and Gehi. So a centre-back for a right-back. Interesting. I think that um, the players that I'd sell are Cedric and Nketia, and I'd probably bring in uh, Fafana like you. Yes, you can say Cedric, but you know if I can bring in a top striker, I think I'd, Santiago Jimenez is probably the name at the moment that makes a lot of sense. Um, if not, Benjamin Sesco. If not, Victor Bonifaz. Um, there are a number of really exciting young strikers out there uh, to, to keep your eyes peeled to. Um, obviously, I'd love an Ozzyman, but I just don't think it's realistic. So that's why I didn't didn't name him. Um, oh, Dave says, are the pillows in the right spot and the decorative towel? We do have decorative pillows. We don't have decorative towels. I, I can't stand them. As soon as I get into bed, I like frisbee the pillows across the rooms. So I'm just thinking, what is the point of the... It's a, like decorative pillows to me are so silly because... They're meant to make the bedroom look nice. Who is it looking nice for? I don't know about you, but like, I don't let people see the bedrooms. Like, it's it's like my domain. It's like, you know, it's uh, when people come round, they, they don't go, oh, show me the bedrooms. It doesn't, maybe when you buy a house for the first time. But other than that, it's like, it's just point. I, I hate decorative pillows. I think they're silly and stupid and <laughs> I'm just not a fan. All I do is spend my life flinging them off the bed. So I can actually sleep. Um, Johnny says, yes, I know uh, they own Arsenal, uh, but I meant money externally generates not from inside the club, i.e. revenue. Again, revenue, as I've discussed, Johnny, is the Cronkies. The revenue is the Cronkies money still. So any money invested by revenue is still the Cronkies investing money because that's theirs. Um, so that's that's what I meant. Uh, as I said before, I don't expect huge amounts of investment in January, but I hope I'm wrong and I could be wrong, but I'm not expecting to see that. Um, Dickens says, uh, hello, Tom, uh, what's your take on Smith Rowe's injury and his record with it and his Arsenal future? It's disappointing, obviously, first of all, his record is a concern. He cannot seem to stay fit. He missed so much of last season through injury and he's missing a significant portion, it seems now of this one as well. I hope, I really hope that he can get over it, but I have real, real worries that he won't. And I do think that his future is probably on a trajectory towards an exit and a sale. That's that's how I feel about Smith-Rowe right now. Uh, Jean says, I really hope Havertz finds his feet. Isn't he more like a runner, which he can create more movement in our attack? I think people like uh, Martin Odegaard would benefit from him in the long term. Oh, we just need to see more from Havertz, Jean. We just need to see more dynamism. We need to see more application. We need to see some goals. We need to see some goal contributions. We just need to see more. It's really basic and blunt and brash but that is the bottom line of Havertz we just need to see more um that is what we need from from Kai Havertz and that's all I can ask it's really boring and ignorant maybe as an answer but that is the answer we just need to see more from Kai Havertz and until we do it's it's there's going to be question marks there's there's going to be real real significant question marks so yeah there you go asc till i die says tom it's my daughter alana's uh birthday today first birthday can you give her a shout out to my youngest guna happy birthday uh alana i hope you have a fantastic day um you'll have absolutely no concept of who i am or uh remember this moment but uh just know 
the Laguna Talk family wish you happy birthday. Um, and uh, Till I die, I hope that you're doing, I'm sure you're doing a fantastic job as well. There's, I, I'm at that age now where like 20, I'm 29 on, you all know when I'm 29 now. I've raved about it enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm at that age where everyone's having babies, everyone's getting married, and uh, now all the pressure. There's all the pressure in the world. I mean, I had someone, in the, was it Igbo in the chat the other day saying, when are you having a baby, Tom? That's the level. I can't escape it here. I cannot escape the pressure of having a child. Uh, it is it is everywhere. Uh, Byron says, Smithrow is the new Wilshire, but with a worse record. So I've been following him and Saka since they were both 14 years old. Uh, it's a real shame, Byron, isn't it? He does seem to be going down that, just can't stay fit type of way. The, the differences with Wilshire and Smithrow is that Smithrow was a lot more... Uh, uh, sorry, Wilshire was a lot more unfortunate with like uh, the tackles that he received. Like he had awful one, was it against Man United? I think he had a terrible one in, in training as well. Whereas Smithrow seems to be a lot more like um, muscular um, or ligament issues. Uh, I think more muscular though. So yeah, it's a real shame that we are where we are with Smithrow. But that is that is the situation. Paul says Havertz or William, pick one, drop one. Obviously, drop William. Havertz is far better, but. I understand, Paul, you, why you're asking that question. Um, Jimbo says, get a dog. They're easier to look after. I wish I could, but I'm allergic, so I can't. And it sucks. I'm also allergic to cats as well. And it sucks. I hate it. It is the worst it Is the worst thing about me. And I'm pretty confident about that. Some might say it's my self-confidence. <laughs> Others will say uh, and agree with me that it is my allergies to cats and dogs. And it sucks. Um, I really, really wish that I didn't have that because I would have about 17 of them if I could, um, but I can't and it's awful. So whenever we have um, when we have James on the show and he has his husky on, I'm incredibly jealous. Uh, one of our members has got a gorgeous, um, gorgeous dog. So uh, yeah, very, very frustrating. Do we have a stuffed dog? Yes, Jimbo, we do. Uh, it's a running joke that we have a stuffed dog in the house because uh, my missus loves little dashens. So I obviously had to go and buy a, a massive stuffed toy dash. And stuff. It's just what you do. It's just, you know, it's the cute, the cute Valentine's things you do. Uh, Jean says, the question marks are reasonable by now, I think, regarding Havertz. Just think Chelsea really stole his confidence. Seems like Mudrick goes to the same path. I guess we will have to wait and see. Uh, Jorgen says, uh, allergic to dogs and cats, but love your pillows. Oh, yeah. you got to love them pillows. Not allergic to pillows, am I? No. They can go everywhere. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening. I feel like we're at that stage of the show where the tangents are going so far wide of the mark that we need to come to a close. Uh, thank you to everyone that's listening. I really appreciate your time, as always. Please do drop a like on the video. Help us to get to 1K, as I say, today and tomorrow. I'm really going to need your support, really going to need your help um, as we get through this weekend international break. Um, thank you for listening. If you're listening on Catch Up, please leave a five-star review, and you can leave a written review on iTunes as well. Uh, in fact, um, if you re if you leave your iTunes reviews, uh, I will read them out uh, if they're sensible. You can even be slightly critical if you like. People don't hold back in those. Um, but uh, yeah, go on to iTunes if you listen there. Leave us a review um, and I'll have a look through in the next week or so. And uh, hopefully, um, hopefully you've left some nice words. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I will speak to you on the next one, which will be tomorrow morning, of course, on Sunday. And uh, let's hope that we can fingers crossed get to that 1000 like target once again and uh, if we do as i say and get to the end of the week and we get to friday and we have uh, hit a thousand every single day i will be releasing uh, the tickets for our live event in february a little bit early uh, so thank you to everyone that's tuned in i will see you tomorrow morning bright and early at 8 a.m as always and as always up the arsenal
It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.